Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, excited to be back. I hope uh, you are too. We took a little break there for Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And I'm so glad to be back here starting off December. It is cold here in Nashville, but that's okay, because today we're going to talk about lighting, and uh, what better to warm you up than the glow of a warm uh, incandescent bulb right close to you. Um, but seriously, though we don't use those as much anymore, actually when I was first uh, starting in this business, sometimes we would run an extra cable out to front of house and have like a 500 watt park in there just glowing to keep us warm, but uh, if it was cold, like on a New Year's Eve gig. But regardless, um, welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. I'm David Henry, and today... I'm really excited. We're going to dive right in and we're going to answer your questions today. Now, this is one of my my favorite types of shows. It really is. Um, Just being able to answer and respond to your questions is one of the things that I really love to do. And I really um, am lucky and and really fortunate to be able to do through Learn Stage Lighting. And in fact, um, well, on the show here, if you guys are new to this, um, I kind of go through basic questions. I answer emails people send me and uh, do that through this podcast. But if you do want more depth as well as step-by-step instructions and really, you know, help as you journey through lighting along the way, um, quicker responses and, and more depth, I, I do run a program called Learn Stage Lighting Labs. And inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, what you're going to find is that you're going to get access to, like I said, a bunch of instructional videos to show you how to create great lighting in your individual situation. And then there's the forms where, you know, you can ask um, particulars to the gear that you have and situation you have and hop in there and say, okay, I learned this. How do I apply that? And so it's like taking what we do on this podcast and turning it up on steroids. And so you can go to learnstagelighting.com slash labs to learn more about that. And uh, today I'm going to dive into your questions. Hugo writes in and says, and actually this is a perfect transition and says, I would like to see how you do a live performance when you don't know what songs are going to be playing. I would like a video on a performance done with just a console of software, how you choose colors and effects live to the music. Awesome, Hugo. So you'll really actually, um, there's a couple resources I want to um, point your way to. The first is um, on YouTube. I have a great video called How to Run Lights Live to Music, and I'm going to make sure that I link to that uh, link so that you can check that out because that's a, a video where I don't do it in that particular video, but I do talk a lot about it. And then inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I actually have a number of videos um, that, that where I show how to run lights live to music and then somewhere I show you on a PC-based controller um, how I set things up and how I run things when I literally have no time to program or when I have a little bit of time to program, or when I have a lot of time to program. And so um, that's one of those things you go that um, I would love to in the future, you know, do more of that stuff and have more of that available. But it, it takes a lot of resources to set all that up, to have, you know, the multiple cameras and the computer recording and be able to sync everything together and edit it down. It, it actually takes a ton of time. And so um, that's one of those things that you know, for now, the actual hands-on videos where I run lights live to some music that's totally random um, 
is within Learn Stage Lighting Labs, and uh, I definitely, you should definitely go ahead and, and check that out because I think it would be helpful to you in your lighting. But uh, do check out the free video as well that I've linked to. Awesome. So Guy writes in and says we have a stage lighting setup of eight old school park hands. Okay, we're at a church here because the pastor was saying that they're too bright in his eyes and he has to squint when he's preaching. So he wanted me to change them out to LEDs to help with that issue. Oh no. So I bought, so I'm saying, oh no, Guy, um, you didn't know any better, but you bought some eight LED PAR 36 cans and they can't make the white, the nice warm natural white color that you want on stage. Um, you've read online, maybe on my site, maybe somewhere else, that you can use some of the old school ones and have the colors for worship, etc. Um, all right. So, so Guy, um, you know, most of the time here, here's the deal. <laughs> I see this a lot. I see a lot of churches go and upgrade their lights to LED or do something like, like you've done in order to get rid of this problem, to get, to take care of the lights are too bright. But here's the deal. Brightness doesn't care if it's an LED or if it's a conventional light, or if it's a laser or anything else. Brightness is the same across any different type of light that, that you may get, okay? So what affects brightness? Well, there's a couple of things when, when somebody comes to me and they say the lights are too bright in my eyes. There's a couple things that are going to be going on, okay? The first, and I do walk through this in video form, by the way, inside of Learning Stage Lighting Labs, inside of an action plan called the foundations of church lighting. So if you do join the labs, you'll, you'll get access to that. But regardless, um, there's a few things that generally, you know, cause someone to say it's too bright. Either A, the light is really bright. Um, that That's the first thing that, that uh, gets them. But to tell you the truth, that's usually not the deal. You know, usually if you're working with somebody and they say the lights are too bright, you start bringing the percentage down, right? And then it's never not a problem until you literally can't see the person on stage because they're in the dark. So that's really not the problem. It's not that the lights are too bright. However, what may be part of the problem is that the audience is too dark, okay? So lighting is really all a game of contrast. And if the audience is pitch black or dark, it's going to make the front light seem brighter. Now, this is probably not the whole of your issue, okay? That's probably not it, but but that could be part of it. What your issue most likely is, and what I hear most of the time when somebody says the lights are too bright and we need to fix them, it's that the angle is not right on the lights, okay? Basically, a, a good rule of thumb here is that if the person's looking out at the audience and they're looking straight into the lights as well when they look at the audience faces, then that's what's causing it to look too bright. Because in order to look at their audience and who they're presenting to, their congregation, they have to stare straight into the lights. And of course, that's bright. So ideally, you want to get your lights up, your front lighting up, so that it's about 45 degrees upward uh, from where the person's head is. And then about 90 degrees, two lights spread across um, 90 degrees to either side. So each one is about 45 off center of the person, if you can picture that. Um, I'll also make sure I link to a video that um, is on YouTube that I made that um, I made quite a while ago. But um, how do I make an even wash of light? I'll make sure that I link to that. So you get those, those couple lights um, going and even wash of light. I just got to make sure I get this link for you, Guy. And so 
you want to go ahead and, and you want to get that even, okay? You want to get those lights. What most likely the problem is, is that they're too low. The angle's not high enough, and that is going to cause the lights to seem too bright no matter how um, dim you make them, no matter if you change the type, etc. They're still going to look too bright, okay? So you, you want to get them up in the right place. This is probably going to be your solution, Yi, um, is that, you know, it's great that you're buying these LED lights, but to tell you the truth, you probably bought some really inexpensive ones and they don't look very good. And this is a common problem. And you can use those for colors like you've read and use the incandescence for the front wash. Um, you can move those lights maybe to a backdrop or something else. But in general, if you're not ready or needing to, fo to foot the bill and, and put out the money to buy some nice white source LED fixtures that have a white LED only in them, then you're not going to get a really good looking front light and you're never, you're not going to get one um, in that case that looks as good as the old school Parkins. They're a really good looking light, incandescent light is. And I'm actually going to go on a little um, goose chase here, but get on, get on a soapbox. But, you know, a lot of times people go, oh, I want to save energy. I want to save money. Let me switch over to LEDs. Okay. But in a church situation, and this is going to vary church to church. You may only use your lights for a few hours each week, right? If you have one or two services, each service being about 90 minutes, you have the lights off in between them, you know, maybe that's four hours of having those lights on per week. So that's not the same as if you have the lights on 40 hours a week or more, right? Like a, a light, you know, in a hallway that's always on whenever people are in the building, okay? You know, that light in the hallway, it's like, okay, yeah, if that was incandescent, I want to change that to LED right away because the cost savings is going to be there right away um, as compared to the cost of the LED. But when it comes to stage lights, if you don't put a ton of use on them, it may not make any sense to change them out to LED because the incandescents are a lot cheaper at around 2,000 hours for the bulb. Um, the bulb or the lamp, as we call it in this industry, is going to last a very long time if you're only using it for eight hours a week, something like that. You know, within a year, that's 52 weeks. So let's say it's eight times 52 weeks, that's 400 hours. And so for that $20 bulb, you know, you're going to get like at least four or five years out of the thing. So it's not really a cost savings. And so this is a little soapbox, but, you know, don't be too quick to change out to LEDs because... It may not be worth it for you, okay? So anyways, Guy, um, I've kind of run around the corner on this, but basically the issue you probably have is that the angle of the lights is not right. If you can't get them at a higher angle, um, closer to that 45 I talked about, if they're much lower than that, then try to get them out to the sides a little more. Make them a little wider um, than they are currently. And, you know, test and see how it looks, but, but often that can fix the problem if you get the lights a little bit more out to the side and that center where he's looking at the, the congregation is, is more clear, then that's going to help your pastor feel like, um, like the eyes aren't, the lights rather are not so bright in his eyes. So I would go ahead and repurpose those LED fixtures you got, you know, use them either to wash the band, to wash the, the wall behind him, something like that. And to use, keep using those old school park hands. I mean, if you're not using them a ton, you know, you're not going to save money by upgrading to LED and, you know, just keep using those things. They're great. 
So hope that helps, Guy. If you do need more help, uh, be sure to check out the video that I linked to in the show notes and also learn Stage Lighting Labs where I've got courses in there to help you as well as that personalized feedback in the forums. All right, Eric writes in, Hi, this may be more of a video question, but it does pertain to lighting. I work as a worship leader for a church that entails, and so that means I have to deal with the lighting sounded video. We have video every service, and our pastor has a TV on stage to refer to his teaching slides. Okay, this is pretty popular. We have spotlights on him, and it looks great when you're in the service, but on the video, his face and skin tone seems washed out. It seems to happen most when there's a black screen on the TV. It's like the camera is constantly trying to adjust to a different light since there is more light when the TV is on. Any ideas on getting consistent good lighting for video? Eric. Okay, so Eric... There's a couple things going on here. You're right that it is more of a video question, but at the same time, you know, video and lighting are inherently um, very related because you see, as you adjust the lighting, it messes with the video, okay? And so what are we going to do here? Well, the first thing I want to advise um, you to do, Eric, is go ahead and, um, you know, if there's any way to get your camera to not auto-expose, to be manually exposed, do it. That's going to help the quality of your video more than anything else because there's always going to be at least a little bit of variation as you move across the stage or as people move or things change on the stage. But if you can keep the front light level the same and keep the exposure of the camera the same, then whatever happens with backlights, TVs, etc. Um, in the shot is not going to mess with the exposure of the camera and then everything's going to work okay. All right, now you talk about, okay, so the screen looks dark. So say you can't get your camera manually exposed. You really want to do that. You say when the, the screen goes dark, um, it, um, it makes everything, you know, look really terrible. So instead of having the screen go dark, and this is going to have to be a conversation I know with your pastor and with stuff like that, you know, when he doesn't want something to be on the screen, go to a logo then instead of a blank slide. Okay, go to something neutral, but that has output, right? Because it's it sounds like you've gone ahead and you've got the brightness of the TV set so that the brightness of the TV and the brightness of the lights look good together on camera when the TV's on. But when there's no graphic on the screen, when the screen's dark, you have problems because your camera's auto-exposing and it's... um. And it's going ahead and I'm exposing for that dark spot a little bit and, and washing out your pastor. Now, you may be able to set your exposure on your camera as well, your auto exposure to a certain point on the screen. And if you can get that point off of the camera or off of the TV, rather, um, that'll definitely help you, too. If you can get that on a person or on a piece of backdrop or something like that, that's well, it, um, that might work, too. But basically, if you can't get this camera out of auto exposure then you're really going to need to keep something on that screen all the time. You know, get a generic logo, just a color, you know, anything that looks purposeful, but doesn't draw people's attention. And if you keep using the logo, you know, whether it's the logo of the church or the sermon series or something like that, you have that on the screen again and again and again, then it's not going to distract people once they see it a few times. They're going to understand, okay, you know, something different is going to appear on that screen when he has slides and when he doesn't have slides, it's just going to go to a logo. Um, and, and people will get used to that and they won't look at it anymore and it'll make your video look right and be a cool, um, branded element as well. So that's good. That's going to be what's going to help you, Eric. Um, I hope that helps. It sounds like, you know, you've got your lighting 
set pretty well. It sounds like you're happy with that. And, and just the big issue is just that you have this TV, you know, maybe it's a good part of the shot. And when it goes black, you have uh, problems. So the uh, the easiest way to deal with that is to never go black. But the second easiest is to work on that exposure. All right. All right. So Jeff has an interesting question. He writes in and says, hey, David, love the podcast. Super helpful in my journey of learning lighting for a church. Okay. I want to construct a DIY light bar to imitate something like the Chave Pro um, strike saber. Okay. And for those of you who aren't aware with this fixture, it's basically like a blinder LED bar. So it's real bright light, um, but it's able to be kind of a warm color temperature, you know, a little bit cooler and it's able to punch on and off and kind of look like an incandescent light, um, really well. And so, um, the process would involve connecting 10 LED par 16 bulbs at seven Watts together in parallel to create one fixture. I've heard you say before that a normal dimmer pack like a Alation DP415 won't work with LED bulbs because the wattage is so low to a conventional fixture. If I connected them in parallel to get 70 watts, uh, plug this into one channel, would it work well? If not, would there be any other way to make it DMX compatible? Thanks in advance. So, Jeff, there's a couple avenues you could go down to make this work. Um, The first thing you can do, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this actually, is you could literally take your dimmer and and say you put your 70 watt fixture on there and then it doesn't dim uh, properly or you get some flickers at, at even when the dimmer's at zero or something like that. Okay. If they're a dimmable LED bulb, they'll technically work, you know, with a DP415 or a similar dimmer, but you can get some funkiness, you can get some flickering and stuff like that if there's not enough load in the dimmer. So what you could do is take a conventional light, you know, take a two, three, 500 watt light and, um, literally plug it into the same channel on the dimmer and then go hide that light somewhere on um, backstage, hang it somewhere, you know, whatever. Um, that's one option. And that usually works. Um, of course, you're not saving any energy. So I don't know. But another thing people do a lot, especially if this is like a blinder type light, that's not going to be on a whole lot is just use incandescent, you know, like halogen bulbs, you can still get them. Um, and you know, they're really inexpensive. You can still totally get them. You can still buy them out there. They're harder to find, but you can totally buy those types of bulbs. And then, you know, build your fixture with those. And then you'll have, you know, 60 watt bulbs instead of, um, instead of seven watts. And so 60 watts times 10, um, is going to be 600, of course. And then that's more than enough load, um, for that unit. Okay. So that's another option. Um, a third option you could look at is maybe constructing something out of LED tape. Okay. And getting a DMX, um, LED decoder. And so I'm going to link to a post on a learn stage lighting labs or not learn stage lighting labs, the main site that has, um, that just has some info about led tape on it. And then I would go out to YouTube and I would just search and I would go ahead and look for, um, some people, there's some people literally making like video lights, you know, lights for shooting video out of led tape and, and they're doing that. And this is kind of a similar thing. You know, you're looking for a white source. You're looking to have some basic DMX control of it. And, um, you know, that'll kind of walk you through, not the DMX part as much, but, but the whole, you know, how to wire it together, how to make a bright stinking panel of light. So that's kind of another option. Um, and then, you know, if you do get into the LED tape or maybe even pixels um, route, 
and, and that might look cool for you, then, you know, go ahead and uh, check out that post on LED tape and pixels. And there it talks a little bit on that post as well at the bottom about inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. I've got a uh, complete action plan called Custom LED Design 101 that kind of walks you through how to use LED tape and pixels and, and build stuff with it and, and make it all work together. Thanks, Jeff. All right. So Melissa writes in, I am a beginner at lighting. Mostly Max and ProPresenter are her thing. Um, she's the only one in my church that can even begin to figure out this lighting program. Okay, so you haven't told me what lighting program you're working with. So uh, I'm going to be able to give an answer, but without knowing what program you're using, um, I'm going to be a little, um, it's going to be hard to give an exact answer. Okay, so basic question. On cues, can I only program one set of lights per cue? I would like to be able to set the whole stage scene and then click uh, once for that change. So yeah, absolutely, Melissa. Most of the time, in most lighting consoles, a cue can either be some of the lights on the stage or it can be all of the lights on the stage. And so you didn't mention to me what console you're using, so I'm going to have to stay fairly generic in my response. But, but yes, you should be able to select all your individual sets of lights, assign them to do things, and then once you've assigned them to do things, and I would touch every parameter, you know, intensity, color, moving lights, touch if you've got any of that stuff, touch every aspect of every light, and then when you get it looking exactly how you want, record that, and um, record that into a queue. And then when you press play, you should always get that exact thing back. Now, um, I could be a little more specific. And inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, um, through the consoles that I cover, I, I do get more specific. But, you know, how this works out exactly in your console is going to be a console to console thing. So I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but this should help. Um, you should be able to do what you're trying to do. And, um, I wish you the best, and uh, hopefully that all works. It all works well for you. But um, without knowing what console you're using, I can't really advise any further. Dustin, hey David, quick question. I have two Venue Par 64 LEDs and two Chave Par 56 LEDs. Could I program them to do the same thing if they are daisy chained to the same DMX controller? Thanks, Dustin. So yes, Dustin, the answer is yes and no. Um, and here's here's why the question the answer is yes and no. Um, the answer is yes because among a like type of LED, you can go ahead. You know, if it's the same type of fixture, you can go ahead and literally set them to the same exact DMX address, um, that number on the back of the fixture, the address, and then they'll always do the same thing. And DMX is built this way. It's kind of like um, FM radio. It's it's broadcast or like TV. You know. As many people can tune in, as many lights can tune in to the same channel, to the same address, and, and get the information. Um, it's not a two-way communication by default. So um, in that case, you know, your two venue pars could do one thing and your two Chave pars could do another thing. Now, um, as to controlling them via a console, you know, all as the same thing, um, you, you probably can't do that exactly. It really depends on what console you have, but... I'm guessing you're using a more basic DMX controller, something a little more entry level, in which case you'll be able to set the two venues to one address and the two Chave par 56s to another address and program them to do the same things um, separately, you know, by each set. Now, if they have the same DMX channel layout, you know, channel one is this, channel two is that, channel three is that, if the DMX channel layout for the two lights 
can match or does match, then you could technically set them to all the same address and have them do the same thing all the time. Now, the colors aren't going to match um, as closely because they're different fixtures, but do keep that in mind. But that's a long answer to a quick question, and so I hope that helps. Awesome. Dave writes in another console question. I've been listening to your podcast for some time, and I'd like to thank you for the great resource. Um, okay, great. I'm looking to upgrade my church lighting console. We currently have a Stairville console, which gives us control over 15, 16 fixtures at 16 channels each. Um, they'd like to get a console that'll give us control of more fixtures. Um, the other important feature we need is the ability to fade between scenes. This is often missing on cheaper desks we found out at cost. Can I recommend something at the cheaper end of the market um, and you don't want a computer-based solution? Okay, Dave, so here's the hard and frustrating truth. Um, about, I've been watching this, this market for a while, kind of the entry-level console market. And there used to be, you know, a fair amount of kind of decent consoles out there on the entry level. Um, to be able to fade between f fixtures and stuff has always kind of cost more, but there was some stuff out there that, that could work. Then, you know, in the past five years, the PC-based lighting console market has exploded. You know, the software finally got good enough to actually use for things, um, and tons of different software came out at really great prices. Because that happened, um, the hardware-based entry-level consoles have literally gone nowhere. Like, the stuff in the sub-$500 uh, range is exactly the same stuff that you saw five or ten years ago. Like, it's changed very little or not at all. Because the fact is, most of the time, especially if you're at this entry level and you want to do some more complex things, then it you really want to go with a PC-based solution. And I know you don't want to do that, um, but there's not a lot of good stuff out there that allows you to fade between scenes and get the control you want, and there really isn't anything that's sub $500. You said uh, 500 euros. Now, one console you may want to look at is the Lightshark LS Core, okay? And um, I'm just going to put a link to it to their main website. They're from Spain. And uh, the LS Core is kind of their initial offering, okay? And so basically, what I'm trying to, to walk you into, and this takes a little bit of a mind shift for you, but I think it'll be okay. The LS Core, not the LS One, um, is around $600 US, so that's around the same place. But it is a desk that runs the software, and then you just connect to it with a tablet or a computer or something like that to control it, okay? So... It's not going to have any problem with software updates, you know, breaking your, your DMX output or, or breaking things or people going in and changing settings or viruses or anything like that. You know, the Lightshark's not going to have any of those problems. That is usually why people don't want a PC-based console. But what it does is it really gets you in the 21st century. So, you know, you've got basically a console that gives you 16 fixtures of 16 channels. Now, I don't know what your fixtures are, but I'm going to guess you've got some LEDs for sure, maybe some moving lights, okay? And when you go to program those into different scenes on this console, you're going ahead and you're saying, okay, channel one is intensity, bring that up, then shutter, oh, I got to open that, bring that fader up to this percentage, then pan and tilt, bring these faders up to these percentages. And you have to do that for every channel of every light. And honestly, it's pretty slow. And so when you move into either the software realm 
um, I'd recommend something like Entex DMXs, and I'll have a link to that. My post on how to program with DMXs from LearnStageLighting.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, you know, when you use a computer-based or, you know, a similar, like the LightShark, which is a hardware, you know, based console, but it's basically a computer, you're able to go ahead and instead of saying, okay, you know, I need to put pan here until here, and colors here, is you can just select, hey, I want it to go to this position I pre-programmed. I want to pick this color on the color picker. I want to, you know, change the intensity. And it speeds up the programming immensely. So the short answer, Dave, is that you're not going to find something in that price range that can do what you want. And I would argue, you know, underspending like 4000 bucks, you're not going to find any hardware-only based lighting console that's going to do what you want to do, okay? Because in kind of that hardware-only that hardware only market has kind of gotten abandoned, like I told you about, and there's just not a lot of good stuff um, in there because of how inexpensive it is to, to work with a PC. So I hope that helps, Dave. Um, and um, I, I really, you know, I don't want to say that I don't have an answer for you, but at the same time, I want you to really look at some of these pieces of software and something like the Light Shark that's not a piece of software that's not on a computer and doesn't have all those issues that computers have. Um, because, you know, I really want you to find something that works for you. Now, um, to everybody who's listening, Dave or anybody else, you know, this is um, where the sponsor of our show, Learn Stage Lighting Labs, um, does pop in again. And, and I know I've mentioned this a lot and, and answered this to a lot of people's questions, but I've got a lot of questions today and uh, a lot of great answers. But, you know, if, if you love the free stuff, if you love the podcast, the YouTube, everything else, you know, that's really only possible because I have learned Stage Lighting Labs where I have, you know, not only more information and more helpful stuff for you, but it's a way for you to join, for you to kind of patronize this stuff because ultimately at the end of the day you know the the free stuff and the great quality free information that i put out there every day to you guys doesn't exist unless there's the paid stuff okay about three four years ago you know i decided to pursue this and, and turn this into something into a website into resources that i want to be around for you for a really long time because I've seen so many sites fizzle out. And so this is another little soapbox, but I've seen so many sites about lighting that are educational fizzle out in the past, and it frustrates me so much. But a lot of the time, you know, it's because people in, in this world, and, and I don't have any problem with this approach, but they they don't want to make anything cost money. They want everything to be free, okay? And so here at Learn Stage Lighting, you've probably noticed not everything is free. There's a lot of great free information, and I want to continue to put out great free information for a very long time. Like, I'm talking decades into the future here, okay? You know, 30, 40 years or more. But in order to create and continue to keep that free information going, you know, we've got to pay for my time somehow and the time of my assistant, Akari, who's really awesome, and the time of everybody else who helps me out to be able to make this great free stuff. And that's where the paid stuff really comes in. You'll notice that other than Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I do very few or, or no advertisements on my stuff because I don't want to be swayed as well by manufacturers. You know, I want to be friends with them, but I want to give them, give you and give them the honest truth about their products. And I want to help you in a way that 
is not, you know, overly sponsored by advertisers. That's not like, hey, this is brought to you by, you know, blank advertiser and their stuff's the greatest because I'm always looking out there and I always want to promote things to you guys. Sorry, this is such a soapbox that are really quality. So for example, you know, a manufacturer a month or two ago sent me something, you know, a new control situation. I've tried it out. I think it's cool but I don't think it's the best in in its league. And so because of that, you know, I'm not going to promote that here. And I've done that before. And, you know, that's okay with me. But ultimately, you know, what what I'm trying to do here is kind of point you guys and just say, you know, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you do want to go deeper and you do want to learn more and shortcut your way to creating great lighting, then head over to learnstagelighting.com slash labs Check out what the labs is all about and uh, do consider joining because the free stuff, it's always going to be free. There's always going to be free stuff out there. And I want to create the best free stuff there possibly is anywhere on lighting online for for you guys. But it's it's not going to exist unless people pay for the paid stuff. You know, end of story. Um, It's not going to be something that will continue for decades into the future unless there's paying customers. And so, um, you know, I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful for where this business has grown that it's almost like a full-time thing for me. But at the same time, I just, you know, want to let you guys know, because sometimes I get people, you know, on, on comments or YouTube or emails or whatever else who want me to solve all their problems for free. And, you know, that's just not possible. You know, we've all got time and obligations and, you know, people to feed, even if it's just yourself. And uh, so here's how I do it through Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Awesome. All right. Now Zion writes in... And Zion says, hi, I just wanted to know um, about a follow spot, how to program it in MPC, which is now Onyx software. Uh, We'll be sure to link to my video on the Learn Stage Lighting YouTube that's called uh, What's New with Onyx. And um, currently I'm making a person to walk across the stage and programming the pan tilt manually. But I want the software to recognize the movement of the person and the light move automatically. Uh, Is there any option? Okay, Zion. So in short, you know, if you want, and this is any console out there, okay, if you want to be able to actually track someone and follow them with a spotlight, you're not going to be able to do that with just a lighting console, okay? You know, GrandMA can't do that, Hog can't do that, Onyx can't do that, MPC, which is now Onyx, you know, they can't do that, okay? Because it takes more resources than, you know, a, a lighting console has. Because you have to actually, you know, if you think about it, you have to have a camera. It has to follow the person, or you have to have a sensor or some kind of body pack on the person, okay? And then you have to take that data either from the camera or from a belt pack that someone's wearing, and you have to convert it into where the light's actually pointing in the 3D space on the stage. Then you have to convert that to pan and tilt between multiple lights, and then you can follow someone on the stage, okay? And so that's a lot of work, and so no lighting console is going to do that out of the box. But there are a couple options. One is that, you know, some people go inside of Onyx, and this is where the override type fader that's available inside of Onyx is amazing, because you can put, okay, take the light all the way to the left, take the light all the way to the right, program that to an override fader that's um, turned into a cube blender, and then you can go ahead And literally, you know, move that fader up and down to move that light side to side and and manually track someone across the stage. And, you know, you can do a pretty good job with just that, okay? Another option 
is inside of show cockpit, I'll make sure to link to this video, is you can go ahead and you can use an app or a, um, a joystick or something like that to feed, you know, pan tilt information to feed, you know, where a person's moving on the stage and, and convert it to lights. And so I'll link to that. There's a video from show cockpit that just shows it working there. Um, there's a um, piece of hardware and software called Black Tracks, which is a piece of software in this business that, uh, you know, is able to go ahead and literally track, you know, someone in 3D space and have lights always go ahead and follow it. And so that's another option. Um, Black Tracks is very expensive, um, but it's worth it if that's what you need to do. And then there's another piece of software called Follow Me, which is really cool, where you literally, you know, have a camera up on a truss wherever that can see the stage, and then you bring it into a computer, and you use a joystick or a mouse or another controller, and you hook that into the computer, and then similar to the show cockpit method, um, but a little less DIY, inside their app, you go ahead and you have the follow spot operator, you know, just point the mouse or keep the arrow, you know, pointed at the person on stage, and then from the lighting console inside of a software like this, this is the cool part. You can turn the light on and off, change colors, whatever you need to do with the light. You know, you can do, you can even move the light or you can give the control back to the app. Um, there's a lot of really cool options there. And so follow me is that one as well. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. But basically, you're not going to do it natively inside of the software. And um, to do it fully automatically is going to take some time and it's going to take a lot of money to do that. Uh, I don't know exactly how much black tracks cost, but I know it's pretty expensive because it's doing a lot. It really is to be able to follow someone automatically like that is, is not easy. And so um, that is definitely something going on there, but definitely check out those links Zion and uh, you can kind of see what your options there are. All right. Steve says, since you seem to be asking for a problem to solve, here it is. All right, so he's specking lighting for for a uh, a theater group in a village hall. Okay, probably in the UK. Um, the current setup is a six channel dimmer rack with two pairs of floods, two fresnels, and uh, two profiles. And you have some simple sliders. Okay, the stage is a little bit homemade, and um, but generally is about a couple meters, three meters, eight meters wide by three meters deep. Awesome. So you're looking at changing to a DMX controlled system. Um, you attended my Onyx webinar, and so you want to use the Onyx software with an NTEC Pro adapter. That's fine. And so you're thinking about um, installing, having somebody come in and install something to hang the lights up in the air, wire power and data permanently, and um, and then go ahead and um, use some new LED fixtures to provide wash. Um, so how do, what do I think about this? Um, what do I think about these lights? What is the best way to daisy chain the lights together? I hope this is making some sort of sense. Steve. Okay, Steve. So obviously, you know, we're here in the podcast. I've only got a few minutes to answer your question. So I can't go in as full of a detail as I can with somebody in Learn Stage Lighting Labs. But I can tell you at a brief overview, this looks like a good plan. Um, you know, you found Onyx, which is a great console to run your, your show on. Um, you found out, I think, that you can use Cat5e cable for permanent install to save a little money on your data wire, and it's totally legit. 
And um, I'll make sure I link in the show notes to a little guide that I have on that. Do to do, just writing that in so I don't forget it. Um, so you've learned that, you figured out where you want to hang your lights, and it seems to be a good place. You found some Fresnels that that seem to be of decent quality. Uh, I've never heard of that brand because we don't have them in the U.S., but again, you know, that's good. And so, yes, yeah, Steve, overall, I think you've got a good plan. Now, the the big question you had about um, splitting the, uh, the, the signal, so it really depends. Um, you don't need a DMX splitter, okay? Now, it's only about 130 bucks, and it's going to make your wiring easier, but... You could totally go ahead and literally just, you know, go to the first, go from your console to the first lighting position with the DMX cable. Then you daisy chain, you know, in to one light, then out of that light into the second light, out of that light to the third light, etc. And then once you finish that, you could have another DMX wire going to the second lighting position and another one to the third and another one to the fourth or whatever you've got. Okay. And then as long as you don't go over you know, about 16 to 32 fixtures somewhere in there. As long as you don't go over 16 fixtures for sure, you'll be safe. And you can totally run that system without a DMX splitter, okay? Um, If you do get a splitter, you can set the splitter, you know, near your console and then have a line going out to each lighting position. Either will work um, and you don't technically need the splitter, but sometimes, especially if you want to be flexible in the future, it it makes your wiring easier. It makes things more flexible. And I'm not going to tell you not to buy it, but... You know, if you're trying to save money, and I think you are, you really don't need the splitter. You can just run from each lighting position to the next, um, have one home run to the console, and you'll be good to go. All right, Mike writes in and says, can you tell me if there is any difference between Dosslite 4 and my DMX3? They look identical in every way. Are the dongles interchangeable? We currently run my DMX3 at our church. What is your opinion of Show Express? And three, what lighting software do I recommend for a fairly large church rig? Okay, Mike, so there's a few context things that I don't have a lot of information on, but I'm going to answer your question uh, the very best that I can. Um, So as you've discovered, DOSLite is this program out there that is licensed to a number of manufacturers. A lot of companies out here license it and put their own name on it, okay? And I don't think there's any difference between them. There might be subtle differences, but overall, it's exactly the same program. That's Doslite, that's MyDMX, that is a number of other names from other manufacturers. So if you see something that looks similar from one manufacturer to another, that's because it is. Um, And and so there's not a lot different there. Um, What's my opinion of ShowExpress? So when I look at Doslite, MyDMX, ShowExpress, um, other constant software consoles like that, you know, overall, they're all pretty good. Um, they do a decent job. Now, they're all also fairly buggy in the sense that, you know, they all have issues with crashing the DOS light stuff up a lot, um, including my DMX. I've seen a lot of people and I've run into this myself where they just get some weird bugginess where, you know, they program one thing and then it changes later all by itself or they have issues like that. And so I generally don't recommend Doslight or MyDMX um, as a solution to people. Sometimes I recommend ShowExpress because it's kind of buggy and it doesn't let you repatch your fixtures later, like change where the DMX addresses are. But 
overall, it's a pretty good piece of software. Now, you've written a fairly large church rig, and so this is kind of a tough question, because when you say fairly large, I think of like many universes, you know, 10 to 30 maybe universes of lighting or more. And none of these software packages that you've mentioned are going to run that. So I think maybe you have a fairly large church with a fairly simple lighting rig. Again, you know, it's all about your perspective versus mine, whereas my perspective is, you know, I work with all kinds of people and all kinds of sizes of lighting rigs. And so when I think of large, you know, I think of lots and lots of lights. Um, You're probably thinking a little bit less and that's okay. And so I would go and I would look at either a LightShark LS1 console, okay, and I love those, and I've reviewed them, and I'll link to my review on Learn Stage Lighting. I'll have my assistant link to that on my LightShark LS1 review, and then also um, my page about Onyx. How do I begin with Onyx? So Onyx is a great piece of software that's a full-on professional-level lighting console software. You can run it on the PC. They've got different hardware options, and it can run anything from the simplest show to some of the most complex shows we'll have out there. For example, um, one lighting designer I know that uses it um, does the Harvest Crusades with them, um, which are, you know, arena-sized shows. And he does that with um, one of their hardware consoles, but the software is the same, okay? Then, um, you know, the, the Light Shark, on the other hand, is a little more limited, but also easier to learn and doesn't require a PC. It runs the software on the console, the LightShark LS1, and then you just connect a tablet or a computer to it and control the software which is running on the console, um, and you're able to do some really cool stuff. Can you do things that are advanced as with Onyx? No, but it's really quick and easy to get started, and you can do some pretty cool things with it. So those are two great options that I really like to recommend to you. I'll link to my pages on Learn Stage Lighting for both of them, and um that hope that answers your question well. And as always, Mike, with all the consoles that I recommend, whether it be Onyx, whether it be LightShark, you know, I, I, um, I've created some of the tutorial videos that the manufacturers have, but then if you want to know how to apply any of them specifically to church lighting and get my full guides to programming in these consoles, everything I've learned about teaching them over the years, um, you can check those out inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. All right. Now, Jackie writes in, and I promise we're getting to the end of the questions here. We've had a lot today. I've been busy with Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So Jackie writes in and says, I'm using Entex D Pro with an Entex DMX USB Pro, and I've had it drop out twice and lose all my patches, fixtures, groups, and cues. Does it save this information somewhere on the computer, or do I have to start over again from scratch? Okay, Jackie. So if you're getting crashes in D Pro, the first thing I need you to do is go to the support form for DPro, okay? It's at dmxs.com, um, and you can go over there and click to the support forms. I'll, I'll put a direct link in the show notes um, so that you can post there because, you know, crashes aren't normal. You know, sure, DPro, though I like it as um, a software, is a little buggy sometimes, and I'm not afraid to say that. Overall, it's a solid piece of software, and a lot of people use it, and a lot of people use it well. So if you're having it crash, you know, go right in the support form so they can figure out what's going on so the developer can help you to fix this solution, okay? Now, if you're not saving your show file, your stuff's not going to be saved. So 
when you start your new show in DPro, the first thing I want you to do is save your show from the file menu, okay? And this is in any lighting console. You go ahead and save your file when you first create it, when you patch other times. And a trick that I like to use is actually put the date and maybe the time if you're saving multiple times a day or else just to like a version one, version two, version three, you know, go ahead and every day when you're programming, you know, save it. Like I'm, I'm recording this program, this on um, November 28th, 2018. So I would save this as, you know, my D pro show um, 2018, uh, 11, 28 version one, and then version two, version three, you know, save all my day shows just as I'm moving along, you know, go with a save as to save over your show. And this does a couple great things for you in show management. The first is that if you need to go back and you say, where was I yesterday? First thing in the morning, where was I halfway through? I kind of want to go back there because I didn't really do anything. You know, I got off track and, and you can go back. Second, if your show file gets corrupted, you get a crash, something like that, you're always able to bring back a recent file that you've worked with. So Jackie, um, you know, those are my two assignments for you. Um, literally is make sure you're saving and saving often. Go to the forum and ask for support, um, the, the official support forum. And then three, um, if you do need more help with DPro, I've got two full action plans, one on the basics of DPro and one on advanced DPro and how to apply it to your specific lighting situation. And all of this is available inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. So you can get that at learnstagelighting.com slash labs and to check that out and certainly consider joining. Jeff writes in, all right, this is the last question. Do I know of any light simulating software where one could build a show and get a visual sense of it? Thanks, Jeff. All right, Jeff, yes. The answer is yes. And I'm going to link to a post called um, So You Want a Lighting Visualizer that's on Learn Stage Lighting where I talk about just that. Um, there's a number of visualizers on the market. Most of them are good. None of them are free. Um, there's a few free ones, actually, depending on what console you're using. But regardless, yes, a visualizer is one of the best ways to be able to pre-program and get things ready without having to set up all your gear. And so this is a you know a really big deal. Um, this is something that can really save you a lot of time, save you money if you're renting gear as well, and you can get started for not a ton of money. So in that article, I basically talk through, you know, what visualizers can do for you. And then I show you my favorite, which is called Capture. Um, and I've owned Capture probably for five years now, maybe more. And it's awesome. It looks great um, and all of that. And then I also talk about um, in this post, what kind of hardware you need to visualize. Because if you want to visualize a lot of lights or do so with... Um, a lot of, you know, clarity with, you know, really high definition, then you're going to want to go ahead and you're going to need to go ahead and make sure you have a computer that's kind of gaming oriented that can handle it. If you're just doing a few lights and you don't need it to be, you know, really fast and at a high uh, frames per second, you can get by on a regular computer. But, but just keep that in mind that you may need to add a graphics card to your computer or get more of a uh, gaming oriented computer to be able to do this. So I've got that all in there. And then last, actually, in that article, I talk about how to work with the visualizer because just having the visualizer isn't enough um, because if you work with it wrong, then you go to, you plug in your lights, you get to the show site and you turn everything on and your programming doesn't really help you. So 
I go in there and, and talk about, you know, some different things you need to do as you get set up to make sure that when you get on site, your programming all translates well. So all of that's in that post on LearnStageLighting.com. Jeff, you can totally check that out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. We're almost in an hour now. Wow, a lot of questions today. But I always have so much fun answering your questions. So show notes for this episode are at LearnStageLighting.com slash 044 for episode 44. Excuse me. And um, be sure to go check out if you've been listening today, you want some more uh, personalized information or, you know, maybe those in-depth videos. You know, basically, if you want to shortcut your way to great lighting, Instead of kind of stumbling along and, you know, figuring things out, reading a lot of manuals and figuring things out as you go, then you're going to want to check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs at learnstagelighting.com slash labs because this is a way where, you know, you can pay, you can pay monthly, quarterly, or yearly um, a really reasonable amount to be able to gain access to all of this information and personalized assistance and be able to, you know, really create a shortcut, really create your way to great lighting and do so much quicker than if you're doing it on your own. So I hope you check that out and I hope you join us here next week, okay? Because next week we're going to be starting off a new series of shows, which is, let me tell you, I'm very exciting. And it is that we're going to be talking about pixels. We're going to dive in deep with pixels. So I had an episode a while ago where I kind of talked about the basics of pixels and LED tape, but in these next few episodes, we're going to talk and really go deep on pixels and really talk a lot about how to create great, fun lighting with pixels and, and what I've learned. I'm doing a lot of working with pixels and how you can apply it to your lighting. So you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss out anything else. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict on Android or some other one, and I will see you here next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.